Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 10 hour number two of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott, Aiden Gannam joining you. Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, World of Spas. Aiken after a long day, World of Spas offers tubs designed with your relief in mind. Rest, recover, and relax with World of Spas, Alberta's number one swim spa dealer. Visit worldofspas.com. You can uh, keep texting us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 7804960063. Get the new floors you always wanted with Ashley Fine floors 143rd street 111th avenue open monday to saturday uh, momentarily we're going to head off to the river Cree resort and casino hotline 780-496-0063 the river Cree resort and casino excitement better we're going to hook up with john shannon i'm asking you for your favorite non-oilers uh dynasty uh player doug texas on the ashley five floors text line hands down has to be kelly buckberger great heart never gave up uh on a shift uh never backed down from anybody and was a good leader that one comes to us uh uh for uh uh, a vote for Kelly Buckberger. Doug Wade or Ryan Smith for me, both very smart and impactful players, says another texter. Uh, this text comes in from Dinosaur Rob. Well, at least you know it. Uh, my favorite order was Glenn Anderson because I played against him in 1979, and we, the UFC, beat Claire Drake, Jim Nill, Paul McClain, Randy Gregg, etc., and Team Canada 4 1. Uh, right before Lake Placid Olympics, second favorite player was Kent Nielsen, the former Calgary Flame. Great. Uh, Great new time slots, says Dinosaur Rob. I think I know Dinosaur Rob. I think he used to work in the TV business. He may have been a member of the Dinos in the late... uh, Let's just see if I can get a response from Dinosaur Rob. Did you beat the Golden Bears in the 1980 Canada West Championship only to see Alberta surprisingly get a wild card berth at Nationals whereupon the Bears claim their third straight national championship? If it's the same Dinosaur Rob, away we go. Uh, He's not a dinosaur. Uh, and he knows TV, and he's got a lot of great sources around the NHL. NHL insider John Shannon for legacy heating and cooling, whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments, no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy legacy heating and uh, cooling. Uh, T-Hops is Texas on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. He says Boris Mironov and Bill Guerin were his two favorite players, non-Dynasty Oilers. John Shannon, how you doing? I'm great, Bob. How are you? Good. Uh, yeah, well, it's an interesting one. Um, 
away uh, we go. Uh, interesting stuff just in terms of, uh, you know, today was the day that the official, as you know, we had the uh, call, uh, I guess, be- just before I left the Penticton where we brought everybody in for the meeting. And uh, Charlie Huddy and uh, Doug Waite, two uh, different era Oilers. Uh, your yep. thoughts on them joining the uh, Oilers Hall of Fame? Well, I, I'm I'm absolutely thrilled for Charlie. Uh, you know, I had a front row seat to all of that, and with all the superstars that were on that team that you know finally won the cup in '84 and '85 and '87 and '88, um, Charlie was that rock at the back end that helped Paul Coffey go to the under end of the ice, knowing full well that his defensive responsibilities were going to be covered by number 22. Uh, that w- Char- And Charlie was such an affable guy. You know, this was at a time when there were no charters, so everybody traveled together on commercial airlines, and Charlie was one of the approachable guys that we all had fun together. Um, and it's to this day, uh, with that group, there's a bond with all of us, and Charlie was a big part of that. I, I You know, and wherever he played, you know, Charlie Huddy, whether it be in L.A. or in St. Louis, Charlie played a simple, solid game, and in, in many ways was just a foundation piece for any team they played on, particularly the Oilers of the 80s. Your thoughts on Doug Waite? Yeah, you know, it's it's I I, I didn't have the same view of Doug Waite because I was. Uh, I, w- I was in a, you know, in a tower, ivory tower somewhere, watching the Oilers play, uh, more so than being on the front line with Charlie. But you know, when you consider the pressure that was under Doug Waite to perform uh, in a time when the Oilers were trying to redefine their identity, I don't think there's anybody better that represented the Oilers and the the amount of points he put up, the amount of times that uh, people would try to compare him to Messier and Gretzky, which was not fair to Doug. He he created his own brand of Oilers hockey. And I think that uh, the, the, uh, the fact that he's going to be going up on the ring is is well well worth that, and uh, you and your committee, Bob, uh, understand his role in the team of that era, and it, it is kind of cool. NHL insider John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. John, uh, you know you've been in the business a long time. You got friends at the top levels of the National Hockey League. Yeah, dinosaur. I'm a dinosaur. I know. Yeah. Uh, you're also very good friends of John Davidson, who I, I, in fact, I remember watching. I I was doing Funk Gordon stats uh, for the Rangers, uh, working with Sam Rosen and John Davidson. I was like, wow, are these guys ever good? And I, I mean, I can make an argument. You can make an argument. Davidson might have been the best analyst ever um, for a number of years. Well, I now, don't think there's an argument. You don't think there? You I, think he is the best analyst, eh? I think he, he is and was, yeah. Yeah. I'm with you, too. Uh, this has been a, a, a tough week for the league and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, there was some pressure in that market. They went with a veteran, and I'm all, you know I'm all for giving people a second opportunity. Uh, it did not work out, and I'm kind of uh, I, I'd like to tell you I'm surprised. I'm not that surprised. I feel bad for Columbus. I feel bad that the players had to go through it. I'm not. But anyways. What I think is kind of irrelevant. You actually, you know, you've got, you're tapped into that organization. Maybe just give me a Coles Notes version of how you sort of saw the events that shook down. 
Well, Mike Babcock made a terrible mistake. There you go. Uh, and I think that's the bottom line. And, and whether it was naivete or whether it was malicious, uh, I, I'm not sure we'll ever know. Um, you know, but what I, uh, what I do believe is that uh, once the information was put forward by the league and by the Players Association to the Blue Jackets, uh, they had no option other than to negotiate a negotiate a, a, a resignation. You can call it a firing, you can call it whatever you want, um, but Mike obviously got a little bit of money um, from the team to leave. He was under a two-year contract. Uh, I, I, I don't think he got it all, uh, but he got a bit of money to, to leave. Um, and I, I think that in many ways today, the Blue Jackets... Uh, with their eyes wide open, are going to have to just, you know, believe in themselves and, and do the job. And hopefully Pascal Vincent can, can be a guy that can, can put in place. You know, the, the interesting thing about this one, Bob, is that we talk about John, who, yes, is a dear friend. We talk about Mike Babcock. The, the players haven't changed. It is still the same bunch of players that are going to have to go on the ice yes. and wear the blue jacket sweater. You know, whether it's uh, whether it's the young guys, whether it's guys like Fantilli, or whether it's Johnny Goodrow and Boone Jenner. Uh, you know, remember they've got you know, you know Ivan. Pro the whole Babcock situation has disguised us from talking about Ivan Provorov and his stand on certain issues. Yes. And and Damon Severson. This is this was going to be a better team in Columbus this year. Do we know how much better? No, we don't. Um, and I find it, you know, it, it, it would Mike Babcock have made that much of a difference for this club versus Pascal Vincent? Well, we'll have to wait and see, but I, I, I certainly believe that what we're going to find with the Blue Jackets this year, and when you're there or whether it, when they're in Edmonton, is that group of players will be galvanized and playing for each other. You know, obviously, you know, I'm, I believe in Scott Housen, and I he did some good work there, and uh, he got them Bobrovsky, who was a critical part of their playoff success, and he he maybe didn't get a first-line center, but between Ryan Johansson, Artem Anisimov and Dubinsky, who came over in the Nash trade, those two guys, he, he they were set down the middle, and they, they had good goalies, and they parlayed that. I don't know if I've ever heard those guys in Columbus reference some of the work Scott did, and I'm going to bring this up because today, Ken Holland and the other, last night at an event that we did, Ken Holland talked about Pete Shirelli's contributions through some of the picks that he made. It was a really, and it's a segue into where we're at with Edmonton. Because now we're seeing, you know, McLeod and Bouchard have come to fruition the last couple of years in the playoffs, and we're waiting for the matriculation to occur, or the maturation perhaps, a matriculation on the roster for Broberg and Holloway. And it's it's going to be interesting to watch because it's part of the storyline. Great expectations here in John. Just give me your thoughts on, on the potential impact of Holloway and Broberg. Well, I, it's, I think they're going to be more patient with Broberg uh, simply because I think that you, you, can, you can take between now and March the 8th which is the trade deadline to figure out what Broberg is and whether he fits into exactly what they need on the blue line. You know, Holloway, I think, will probably have a shorter leash. 
because uh, whether it's the, the you know the 11th or 12th position within within the forwards uh, and how many games he can play if if Holloway can do the job great but I think that they'll be a little more impatient fair or unfair with the forward as they will be more patient with the defenseman as this team gets ready for the playoff run and that will be a decision that will be made before March the 8th. John, you referenced uh, Pittsburgh's course of action on the TV side. This is a side you started the Leafs network, right? TV network? Yep. Yeah. Why? I mean, here's the argument. You would say, why didn't it work or did it work? And did it force the hands of Sportsnet and or Rogers and a bell? You tell me your assessment on, on what happened. And is there a market for that? Is that the way of the future, sort of the way Pittsburgh has gone? Yeah. Well, Pittsburgh's a little different, Bob. Uh, and here, here's here's what I can tell you about what we did in Toronto with uh, the in, in the creation of Leafs TV. Um, when Leafs TV was launched, the rights fee per game for the Toronto Maple Leafs was just over a hundred thousand dollars a game. A game. Are you? That's all. And that it was, was? A, a game in in in, in the year two thousand. Uh, when we left. Uh, and I left in 2006 to join uh, the NHL office in New York. When we left, the rights fee was north of 400000 per yeah. game. Yeah. So, and we had carried regular season games, and we had provided an option to the market. And it was a message to both Rogers and Bell, uh, who owned sports networks in southern Ontario at the time, and still do, by the way, that... Um, that there, there's there can be competition for you, to the point where I, I truly believe what happened with Leafs TV, uh, and to a lesser extent our basketball channel. Uh, I think that that's what tweaked the interest to both Rogers and Bell when Teachers Pension Fund decided to sell the hockey club. Uh, that they better get in there and protect their assets. Yeah. And that uh, Leafs TV was one of the reasons in my mind why. And Bell now are the majority owners of Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. Do you know what the Toronto uh, regional TV deal is worth, approximately? No, no, I don't. But here, here's what I can tell you: um, because it's owned and operated by uh, you know the, the member club and the owners are businesses outside of the NHL, and that famous phrase HRR, it has to be done at market value. Yes. Now, who decides market value is a great question. Probably something that goes across the commissioner's desk at some point after his staff does the evaluation. What I can tell you is Montreal is over a million dollars a game. Montreal does a million dollars a so, game so in rights fees. That's roughly 55 to 60 regional games a year. Yeah, so Montreal, Montreal gives up 22 national games, so it's 60. Okay. It's it's 60 regional games. I think if you compare the numbers between Montreal rights fees versus what Toronto would be, I think you'd find the numbers from a ratings perspective to be comparable. So I think that gives you an idea what Rogers and Bell have to pay on a regional basis. Okay. Uh, at this point, that, so, that's and that's 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 a, a supposition on my part, with a great deal of common sense. All right. Well, John, now I'm going to get you to extrapolate on that. Uh, we had Stu McDonald on the show a couple times during the summer. Yeah. Uh, and 
he's basically said the Oilers have the third best television ratings in the league, second best English speaking television ratings in the league. Uh, the Oilers television deal is up in a year from now. What do you think, you know, the Oilers should be getting per game? Oh, I don't even know what they get now, to be honest. Yeah. You know, I try to stay out of that stuff. It's a little too close to home for me. Okay. Uh, um, but, but, you know, they Stu's should not be wrong. They should be compensated for it. We can agree on that? Yeah. Oh, and they will be. Okay. I don't think there's any question that they that they they won't be. Um, but what I can tell you is is that Stu is bang on about um, when you look at ratings both on network nights, which you know are for all intents and purposes are Saturdays and Wednesdays, versus regional rights. Is the Oilers in our country? Uh, drive the second best number in English in the English market to the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Oilers drive a better number than Vancouver, which is a much bigger market, and they drive obviously better numbers than Ottawa, Winnipeg, and Calgary. So yeah. it, it 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 is a it it is a true phenomena in my mind of the passion of fans of this club, not just in Alberta, Bob, but <laughs> finding out. And you found this out many. Across the country, yeah, there are Oiler fans everywhere. There are Oiler fans in the interior of British Columbia. We all know the Oiler fans. I spent lots of time in Lloydminster a couple weeks back, and there's lots of Oiler fans in 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 northern Saskatchewan and heck through the province. Um, so that this is not this is not a regional brand anymore. This is a national brand on so many levels. Um, because of Connor McDavid, because of Rogers Place, and because of the passion of hockey fans of this club. John, uh, you're out Lloyd, you know, oil and gas, that sector plays a huge part in a lot of the uh, smaller communities outside of the major centers like Edmonton and Calgary, and it shouldn't be lost in anybody, the contributions that they've made to help make this province what it is. So, and the, the uh, You know, I was I amazed, checked, Bob. The last I was time amazed. I checked, the team's called the orders. Go ahead. You were amazed. Yeah, I, I was amazed how many season ticket holders. I'm not were from Lloyd Mister, and that they, you know, I mean, and they would drive their F-150s from Lloyd into the city and drive right back after the game. 100%. So that means we have to be, you know, that means Wilkins has to be better on that post-game show because they're driving home and they're listening to Ched, and we got to give them better information. How's that? Oh, Reed's grinding. You know that. Reed's working hard. He's going to be good. So, <laughs> hey, John, thanks for your time, all right? Cheers. Cheers. That is John Shannon. And uh, speaking of F-150s, this show is called Oilers Now, and we live in oil country, and Brent Ridge Ford is proud to be associated with the show. Of course, there is a market for some electric vehicles out there. The boys at Brent Ridge have a brand-new 2022 Mustang Mach-E GT Premium that were originally listed at 93000 with Ford rebates and a large Brent Ridge discount. This SUV is now available for just over 73 k plus GST. If you're considering a new EV and want a bargain, call Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford, 780-352-6048. Remember, cars cost less in Wetaska. Uh, we're going to keep banging off some texts. Your favorite non-Oilers dynasty oiler player. Uh, we'll have that for you. Brendan Escott's going to jump in too when we return on Oilers now.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bell texts me back. He said, yes, Bob, this is Rob. Uh, thanks for remembering the old retired guy that 1980s national loss. The Golden Bears still hurts today. We should have been the champs that year. What a should have, could have. By the way, my favorite non-order dynasty player would be Ryan Smith, Captain Canada. Also, as a former Calgarian, I'm hoping the Oilers win another cup or more very soon. Time for another Y-E-G Dynasty. You can text us at 780 496 Wow, 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 wow. Uh, you just can't, uh, you just can't please everybody. Um, Dursa up in Grand Prairie says, Bob Elish, Hemsky, and Jason Smith were my favorite two, uh, uh, favorite two uh, non-order dynasty guys. Andy S., the carpet guy, says Doug Waite was the best post-Gretzky and company player since Connor McDavid took over. Brendan, it's interesting, right? Because it is a little bit, uh, you know, I mean, one of the things that we discussed when you came aboard five years ago was uh, watching some of the old videos that were out there on YouTube mm-hmm. from the Oilers Stanley Cup champion years, but also for the, the run they had, you know, where they you know, they played in the 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2001, and 03 playoff years. Those were special times as well. And then the 06 run. For a lot of people that are listening to the show right now, the 06 run was when they first fell in love with the team, and Dwayne Rollison was one of the guys that they would have really liked. Yeah, that was definitely more my time of awareness. It's fun to go back and sort of look at George LaRock running the league as the heavyweight champion and, and some of those, you know, YouTube compilations and that sort of thing. But, of course, I do remember being a little guy and watching that run. And, and it was a Canadian team that might win the Stanley Cup finally. So, uh, yeah, to uh, and, and Jason Smith is somebody whose style of game I really tried to, uh, you know, really? embody. Was I, I wasn't super offensive as a defenseman. So it was a name that my dad kind of planted in my head when I was young. And I'm like, well, I can I can stay at home. Sure, I'll be that guy. So I, I really liked him. He was tough. All right, it's 628 in Edmonton. Off to a global news weather traffic update. James Dunn, Stan Marple, Reed Wilkins coming up in orders now.